Bathory, the black metal band? No. <laughs> oh, okay. I think she was a duchess. Uh, she she uh, bathed in like virgin blood and stuff. You know. <laughs> it's all good. Okay, now we are saving this for the time. <laughs> this is the intro for sure. Oh my god. Um, well, let's do an intro then, fucking at least. <laughs> <laughs> okay, all right. <laughs> Welcome to the Accelerative Thrust podcast. Over in that corner, we got Mr. Eric Whitaker. Uh, wow, man, I already screwed it up. I introduced <laughs> From Eric. parts unknown, weighing in at 342 pounds. <laughs> and I didn't even... That sounds about right for me. Um, <laughs> the, um Okay, so I introduced you, and I don't think I introduced yeah. myself. You want to introduce me now, Eric? He's Dan. Okay. <laughs> so that, that sounds great. <laughs> So, um, we're here with, uh, Mr. Brian Barr, uh, from many things throughout history and currently, um, for those of you who don't know, uh, Brian, uh, he's been in several area bands, uh, from Iowa. Um, and, uh, starting with my, my earliest recollection, of course, and I know that he had been playing music before this as well. Uh, Parish is Fools, uh, and then in a band that uh, may or may not have uh, featured a member of this podcast, uh, Girls of Comanche. It did, by the way. Spoiler! Um, Eric, right? Yeah, yeah Eric. Me. Look at that band. You didn't, you didn't know that he was just wearing my skin the whole time? It's not that uncommon for people to go, wait, you were in that band? <laughs> yeah. yeah, exactly. I'm like the silent member, generally. Yeah. Yes. It was like some weird sci-fi sort of thing going on, wasn't it? It always is. Always, all the time. Uh, Girls at Comanche, Law of All Ends, and now uh, it is uh, a seeth and granular breath. But actually, I'm I'm kind of confused. So is granular breath the name of the project, or is it the name of the album that is like your solo album, Brian? Uh, it's kind of evolved from that into the actual name. So when I first started doing this, like it was the solo stuff. Um, it was kind of more um, doing the live, the live scores for the for Fiddy, and so they always just booked it underneath my name. So then I just started kind of using my own name, just because I was doing it once in a while, and it was easier for promoters to be like Brian Barr of a Seath mm-hmm. playing a solo set. Um, and then, you know, like it kind of just escalated from there. You know, I needed a a name for the track when I did the, um, the, the mission Creek underground, Mm -hmm. um, performance. And then when I started working on the anti-corporate sessions, um, recording like an actual real recording, like I just was like, well, okay, that was like going it was some of that that material that early material from that performance was used for the anti-corporate sessions so then i just continued that but i decided i was like i kind of just like this as a band name Mm -hmm. so it kind of just naturally went into 
it being a band name. I just I couldn't think of for the longest time if I wanted to it to be underneath my own name or or have an actual project name. So it was kind of just a, a you know more of an organic thing, you know. Yeah, we've talked okay. about that on air before, like using your own name versus um, coming up with a different moniker for a solo project. And I don't know. I mean, I still don't know. I think I personally made a huge mistake using my own name. So. Really? You think so? Uh, <clears throat> you can't really put it on a shirt, you know? I think. Yeah, I mean, that's what, what's right. one of my biggest things, too. I kept thinking, I was like, well, what if I want to, like, do shirts someday? I, yeah. I don't, I can't, I'm not going to be able to stomach no. putting my own name <laughs> on a shirt. So or like a sticker on yeah, someone's car. Like just, you see I, it down the road, yeah, and you're like, yeah, oh, yeah you can't do i just can't do that so like i right. you know it was just going to basically be like well i'll just put make artwork mm-hmm. and then just not have anything on it you know and even like with the granular breath tape the first cassette mm-hmm. that actually i tried to underscore my own name in it you know mm-hmm. even though it was really just the title of at that point it was just kind of the title right. i tried to underscore you know leave my name is like towards the bottom mm-hmm. you know, so you yeah, know it's a nice looking tape too thank you thank you absolutely yes uh so yeah so then granular breath is still pretty much just your solo project correct yeah okay gotcha that way it, it'll probably just rem- i don't see ever and I, I could see maybe collaborating with someone mm-hmm. i don't i don't ever see bringing in anybody else into that I would have to be underneath another name, I think. I think I'm just going to keep that as my, you know, like, stuff that's sometimes a little too abstract for a thief, I guess. Sure, sure. You know? so. Well, the irony that I that I kind of see in this is a thief actually started out as your solo project as well. Yeah. Yep. <laughs> so do you, yep. con- do you think this is kind of, in a weird way, a continuation of that? Like, since a thief kind, kind of... of- yeah, since a Seath branched off and became a full band. Yeah, because I think if I I always thought if I you know when I started a Seath you know it was I didn't really I was really just trying to get that first record was just all the things that were in my brain that I wanted to get out and couldn't you know playing in a full band. Mm-hmm. Um, and then it just kind of started. I tried to make it sound like a full band, um, but. You know, if I wouldn't have a Seath probably would have become more of just a drone project if I wouldn't have turned it into a full band. Sure. Because it's just a, a freaking nightmare for me to go to a show and like have a laptop and have all this stuff that that just could go wrong oh yeah <laughs> oh absolutely and it, and it totally had happened to me a few times like the stupidest oh, yeah. the stupidest things like would happen like and it's and it just like with us and it was always the laptop and it was just some dumb user mm-hmm. error that when you're on stage and trying to fix it it's just like too much oh, stress every I second's remember- like a minute it's terrible. Yeah, I, re- I remember specifically there was a show at Gabe's actually that uh, you played uh, with my my old band, Disgruntled Noisebox, where uh, you couldn't get the laptop 
there was something that like the laptop froze up or something. I was hundred percent probably that show. Yeah, uh, and, that and I remember. I remember yeah, don't just, trigger him, Dan. No, no, no. I just I I, I remember you uh, you ended up just doing a a drone set with just your guitar. Yeah. And it ended up being equally as awesome. Well, well, thank but, you. Yeah, that. no, I, re I remember that. Uh, so, yeah, no, I, you know, when I, when I play live and I do the solo stuff, you know, I just use like the drum machine and the guitar and like I, the laptop thing, I like my mind can barely even comprehend a computer, you know? So like if <laughs> I, I just, if, if, if that happened to me, it would just be, insane it would be nuts i'd probably throw the laptop into the audience or something yeah you know what it was it, it was it was so stupid the night before i decided so like i had everything so like i was playing everything out of logic but i had still everything track by track by track and i decided the night before i was like you know what it would probably make more sense if i just like combined all these things into one track so it's easier. So the 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 so I basically wouldn't have any like latency. Right. Well, I left the same mixer in in like I just used the same project instead of putting it into a new project. I left the same mixer and buried like thirty tracks down was an empty track soloed. Oh snap! And that was yeah. it. That was it. Right. But it took after the show and me finally like stepping away and me just being like with a clear head, like scrolling down, be like, oh, that's what was the problem. Oh, it's infuriating. <laughs> Crazy. <laughs> to put all that work in and then that happens and then figure out later what happened. Oh, it's terrible. Yeah. yeah. There. I hate it. Yeah, <clears throat> yeah oh definitely. I, I would do it if I if I ever like I would totally if I ever was like, I'm going to add drums to granular breath. I would I would do it outboard. I would do a drum machine over a laptop just because the chance of something going wrong is so to me just like so like less slim, you know? It's like yeah, you spend the money on the on the outboard on the, you know, the actual equipment, you know, a laptop's cheaper, but man. Yeah. You got to along your interface too and all that other stuff, so yeah. Yeah, but the the technology with drum machines lately uh and the price the price has actually become quite affordable and the technology is even better than it used to be yeah, so yeah you can actually get like i mean you can get obviously on a laptop you have more options but you can still get like very real sounding drums on yeah. a drum machine these days mm -hmm. wait a minute they've advanced past the elisis sr16 <laughs> is that the um it's the what? most advanced drum machine ever made. Okay, so what, what was that, like 1982? They haven't made Actually, the that? funny thing is they've been making that shit for like 30 years, and they still charge the same price. How much is it? Yeah, It's like 150 bucks. Oh. oh. Right. So, but, it's, um, so now it's, it's, it's not 25 now? <laughs> no, they've always charged 150 bucks. Crazy. What year did that come out? I don't I, Honestly, it had to have been I don't 90 six or something but they haven't updated it or changed it and they still sell it i don't know wow it's crazy. a cool machine but obviously there are better machines yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah most likely i would but... go, i would totally go with the i i've looked because i've looked at like i was like well maybe i want something like like a sampler drum machine you know mm -hmm. and i've yes. looked at the what is it the um 1010 music black box i think and that's mm. a sample based 
drum machine. That's pretty cool, but that's yeah, that it's, a, it's like five hundred and fifty bucks. Oosh. Yeah. Wow. Yeah, I've never heard of that one. The um, it's very the one small, that... and it, oh, it, it seems it's really a... cool. But... Gotcha. Gotcha. The one that I have is the Boss DR eight eighty, which they stopped making that, but uh, it actually Doctor has some... rhythm. The Doctor Rhythm, yes, because oh, nice. that because I had the DR five before that, and mm-hmm. then uh, the DR eight eighty, which is still a pretty good, still a pretty good drum machine. You could get some really good drum sounds out of that as well. Nice. The bass sounds are really cheesy, though. Yeah. <laughs> but yeah. I kind of like the bass sounds a little bit, though. <laughs> I'm still rocking the TR-77 Roland from 19, I don't know, 77, maybe. <laughs> it's very old. Very old. But that's I like awesome. it. <laughs> well, hey, man, there's nothing wrong with old equipment. A lot of times that's the best stuff. Yeah. Yeah. Well... And also, if you need a cha-cha, I mean, shit. <laughs> the new ones don't come with pre-programmed cha-cha <laughs> or rumbas. Oh, I mean, they, I no, use rumba no, yes. seriously all the time. So I, I I'm actually going to um, tell you that the DR880 has lots of pre-programmed cha-chas and rumbas. <laughs> Sorry, something about pre-programmed cha-chas is really fun to say. <laughs> it's very fun to say. And also pre-programmed rumbas is nothing to shake at either. <laughs> Both pretty fun to say. Oh, man. Hey, why don't you load up one of those PP rumbas? <laughs> Could you imagine if somebody says that, like, to the sound guy? Can I get a little more pre-programmed cha-chas and rumbas through the PA? <laughs> oh. You ever thought about adding those to granular breath, Brian? No. More Sorry, once, no. once we get started so. on something, you, you know, get you know me. Get your cha-chas out. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry, once we get started on something, you know me, Brian. Uh, I just beat that horse dead into the ground. Oh, yeah, I know. I know where he's. <laughs> yeah, <I figured. laughs> me too. But, anyway. um, hey, Brian, for uh, those of you out there who, uh, you know, are kind of unfamiliar with Brian's past and whatnot uh i don't know you want to kind of start at the beginning of you know where you started and when you started with music and you know some of your past bands or you know whatever you want to talk about and just kind of your evolution into the brian bar that we know today oh man (laughs) i mean you don't have to give like a detailed explanation just maybe like a novel or something is what i'm looking for oh no all right um so yeah, I mean, I pretty much started playing guitar when I was 13. So 30 years ago, almost four, 31 years ago. So, and then, yeah, I mean, child of the of late 80s, 90s grunge and, you know, um, and kind of, I mean, I played in like, you know, like in the basement with my friends, you know, playing Nirvana covers and stuff like that. Uh, met Eric senior year of high school. Not Eric on this podcast, but <laughs> you know, <laughs> Eric it was started playing right? a seat with. Yeah. Um, like I started playing with him, and our first band was actually called Downpour. Um, that band didn't last for super long. That was actually with John as well, um, that was in Parish's Fools. Um, that one, that band lasted a little while, like a you know, like back then it probably seemed like a long time, but like a year and a half, you know, 
Um, and then, yeah, we just mainly played some shows, tried to write. I don't know if you guys remember, like trying to be an original band in like a in in Iowa, where it was mm. nothing but cover bands. Oh yeah, oh yeah. We, we, I remember we, like, that distinct. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. We fought that like tooth and nail. Like it was just yeah. like we were not. We were like, no, we're not playing covers. We're not. Where, where yeah. did this happen again? Where, what town? Uh, Clinton. Okay, cool. See, so, yeah, I grew All up right. in Clinton. Like, yeah. the, so oh. we we. Do you remember the band Gut Bucket from Davenport? I remember that name. Yeah. Yeah, we, we played with them at like Recycled Sounds, which is like a record store in in Clinton. That was like our first show we ever played. And that was kind of like our first they were like, Yeah, we just play all originals as well and it's cool, you know. Yeah. So we played with Gut Bucket a couple times. That was like our probably like our only like window into anything real. Like we'd mm-hmm. they invited us to play Stickmans in Davenport. Mm-hmm. Which at the time, man. Like I don't know if y'all ever played Sickman's back in the '90s, but they play, they paid like a hundred dollar minimum to play. Nice. Like no matter who who showed up, you got paid a hundred bucks. And this was like '94. Yeah. Wow, times <laughs> have changed. It's I feel like bands still get paid the same. Yes. <laughs> oh yeah. But if you're lucky. Less, yeah. Especially. But yeah, hundred dollar, hundred dollar. Like we played there a couple times. Um and like or a few times actually uh and and different bands and stuff and it was always like they always were like yeah hundred dollars you paid a hundred bucks to play wow you'd be lucky if you even make a hundred cents now yeah (laughs) you know it's it's crazy because uh you mentioned the um you you know bands still get paid that much and that that's if that's if you're lucky Uh, oh yeah but hell a lot of times you have to pay to play yeah or like dude like our our the our guarantee a cease guarantee on tour is like anywhere between 150 and we try for 250 but it's anywhere from 150 to 250 yeah and given that that it's been this long (laughs) and that's still like what we try to get you know on tour yeah yeah it's yeah it well stop know. being a threat to society and get a real job Brian. <laughs> i do have a real job kind oh of. Okay. every musician <laughs> i like how you threw in the kind of at the end kind, <laughs> of. <laughs> kind of. i mean i sort of am not a threat to society yeah. i'm sort of not a troublemaker uh, society needs threatening damn it yep that's true it does <laughs> we need to threaten it all um Okay, so yeah, so then what? Yeah, oh, what we, happened after the hundred dollar paycheck? Oh, yeah. we <laughs> and you were set it. up for a lifetime of disappointment. <laughs> yeah. you, know, you thought, oh, it's only up from here. Shit. Yep. Oh, no Thirty years later. Yeah. If we play out of town, fuck, we're gonna be so rich. <laughs> I had to ask that first stick man show. I had to like, because I was seventeen. I had to ask for permission. Oh yeah. My parents to play that show. Nice. <laughs> Wait, how old were you? I was 17 when I played oh, the first time. Yeah, crazy man. I, mean, I was a senior in high school, but I mean, like, it's just because, like, I think it was like probably close to when I was going to turn 18. Mm-hmm. Sure. Um, but uh, so then after that, it was pretty much like Eric and I like had a few failed bands or tries at failing, you know. Uh-huh. Um, and then. 
kind of in between when Eric and I were really we were trying to keep Parish's Fool. Well, okay, yeah, Parish's Fools, I guess. Parish's Fools was like it's kind of funny that a thief kind of does what Parish's Fools was trying for. Mm-hmm. But we're just like too young, and I feel like we were like tried to do things that were that were like a little bit like out of our like wheelhouse. I guess. I mean, like, one thing is I like trying to, like, actually sing, sing mm. a lot um, instead of just being like, I know how to scream. And this music doesn't really need a lot of vocals. Yeah. <laughs> like, well, also in 94, like, that's a hard thing to sell. Like, yeah, I think I was, know that maybe, I'm, like, the Melvins were sort of doing stuff like that. But before yeah. the Melvins, like, it was difficult. There wasn't a lot of doomy stuff happening. Like hell, hell, even after the Melvins, it was difficult for music yeah. like that for a while. Like Saint Vitus, maybe from the mid '80s, was like the only sludgy band I knew of that was like metal oriented. Yeah, you know what I mean. So it's yeah. like you're pretty ahead of your time there in '94. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, well, this was like probably this was more like '98 by this okay. point. Yeah, um, even more difficult. Downpour, downpour was more just like your typical grunge band. Okay. Uh, like pretty, like you know, like Soundgarden type of stuff. But you know, John, not John. John did vocals in that, but you know, obviously, he's not the best singer. But <laughs> um, anyways, it like so, like yeah. Fast forward through like four years of like trying to start bands and 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 it just never really panning out like we like Parish's fools is like kind of that first one that really kind of started to play out of town shows and doing and started like writing um like our leaping off point was probably neurosis of yeah. like all things you know i mean that was like who we were like oh this is this is what we want to sound like but yeah not you know, to interrupt but what i wondered what your introduction to doom kind of stuff was like metal drone stone or doom whatever you want to oh, call it but where did you find Melvins. it probably okay. first like um houdini mm-hmm. like i remember a friend i i missed they they played i think they played the quad cities or something and i missed him it was probably uh. like a little bit after high school or whatever and the dude I was playing in a band with at the time, like, was, like, complaining about how much he hated them because they <laughs> just literally, I guess, were just, like, for, like, 10, 15 minutes, we're doing their sludge, no vocals, no anything, just, like, and then feedback. And I'm, like, that sounds amazing. Like, that's everything I want. <laughs> <laughs> right. Yeah. Uh, you know, um uh i get you know even though i didn't really wasn't really a big fan of them live like i mean seeing i hate god mm-hmm. um i think they they played um cedar rapids with like pantera and deftones okay uh, i think uh, that that is a famous famous show for this area yeah like yeah. everyone i know because i love i hate god in fact i've always wanted to make a shirt that said i heart i hate god because i think that's funny <laughs> but uh, everyone I talk to in Iowa, they're like, oh, I hate God's terrible. They're like one of the worst bands ever. And I'm like, what the fuck are you talking about? And they're like, I saw them and they were the worst band. So I think it all must have been one show and everyone was like, they're terrible. So oh, yeah, 100%. 100%. <laughs> like, I didn't think that they were really any good at all. 
And wow. Like, like, and it was mostly, the show was mostly feedback and <laughs> like, which I'd probably really dig now. I mean, we've played with, I see this played with them like multiple times now. Oh, yeah. And cool. they've killed it every time. Like oh. every time they're great and they're really nice people. Um, but like, yeah, going back, you know, then it was just like, and I heard, you know, like I'd listened to the, I'd heard some of their albums and I was like, oh, this is really good. But then I saw them live and I was like, ah, this is, and it, you know, it may have just yeah. been a really, really, because yeah, I've never heard anybody say <laughs> from Iowa that, that, that they played a good show. Right. <laughs> like, like. I mean, it's just, it's like legendary at this point. Yeah, yeah. You know? I don't know. It's funny to me, but yeah, that's cool. Yeah, my introduction was like Gummo soundtrack. I mean, oh, I had right heard on. heavy yeah. things and slow things, like I said, like yep. St. Vitus and even some like Bathory and things like that, older stuff. But as far as like sleep and like knowing there was this new-ish scene, yeah, I was like, oh, shit, what is going on here? I know that they're beating dead cats with sticks and stuff, but I'm actually more interested in these bands. <laughs> you know? yes. Whoa, 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 whoa. Beating in, dead in cats gummo. with sticks. In, in oh, gummo. in Gummo. Okay, in gummo, okay. Yeah. 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 I thought you meant that that was like a... a, like a no, that's a new like genre, something. actually. <laughs> cat, <laughs> cat torture metal. Cat, no. Cat torture. That's, that's a genre. wrong. Man, yeah, was... that is... Um... Yeah, yeah, let's, let's move on. <laughs> I was kind of late. Like, I remember I remember that soundtrack, and I remembered, like, I was kind of late to the whole sleep thing. Mm-hmm. Like, I, I I came, like, more from the sludgy end of, like, metal, like, like Godflesh. Right. Um, yeah. And, like, you know, I know that's more industrial, but, like, more, like, the, the metal doom side rather than the, you know, Sabbath worship kind right. of stoner um, vibe. Um, I think, I think I remember like, I forgot to, I was in, uh, showering ashes as well for a hot minute and did their like last tour. Yeah. Yeah. And I remember like Matt show playing that first sleep cassette and like to death, like it almost, it was like, this is really good. And then by the end of the tour, I was like, dude, I can't (laughs) take this tape anymore. (laughs) Stop playing this. And then didn't really. Didn't really get into it again until like, you know, like, you know, Jerusalem, mm-hmm. you know, yeah. that's, that album to me is like perfection mm-hmm. when it comes to, to that genre. I don't think anybody's really come close. Yeah. Well, I think that's the funny thing about it all is like, I think you can get, you can, you can find your strain of that kind of music from wherever you're at. Like, like you said, like with Godflesh, personally, Godflesh is like, to me, you can't really put them in a genre. Like they've done so many different things yeah, and created so much. Like they're like ground zero for a lot of things. And so, but then, you know, my wife isn't a metalhead by any means, but I'll play her like Jesu or something. And she's like, oh, that's, that's beautiful. You know? Mm-hmm. So I think that there's a lot of, as far as genres go, I think it's really subtle variations in that genre. And I think that you can find something you like in there, you know, yeah. no matter what sure. background you're coming from, which is pretty sweet. Mm-hmm. I didn't have anything more to say about that. <laughs> <laughs> it's sweet. That's all. <laughs> all right. Anyway. So, 
So Parrish is fools in the nineties. That was ninety that was like what, ninety eight or something like that, Brian? Yeah, ninety ninety eight to like two thousand. Okay. Like I think we like broke up around two thousand somewhere around there. Right. I think. Um I know actually no, I think we kinda I think we kinda kept it going, like tried to keep it going for a little bit. Cause when did G O C start? Like around two thousand two? I want to say it was like late 2001 or something like that. Yeah, uh, so basically Parish's Fool is like, and as that was kind of like crumbling and not going well, and we kept trying member changes, we brought, I think we brought John back at one point. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. Chris Edwards tried yep. joining and all that no, stuff. We tried, Noah, like, too. I remember yeah, Noah. Yeah, yeah, Noah yeah. was in it, too. Like, it was like everybody, was. we were trying to like just whoever we could play with and whoever like, but it just wouldn't happen. And then you and I, you know, you, you, me and Tyler started doing Girls of Comanche. Yep. And like, and that's literally the first band I ever toured in. Yeah, which is really odd because it's uh, probably the least, well, I wouldn't say the least metal, but uh, the least metal you've been in since Girls yeah. of Comanche, I would say. Yep. So it's interesting. That was a really interesting tour, too. Like, yeah. Uh, Look, looking back on it, it was it was dumb, but it was so fun. Oh man, yeah, it was it was great. <laughs> I thought it was, not... it was awesome. It was memorable. It, like I've had worse tours, honestly. Really? Oh yeah. Wow. I've had way worse tours. They, you know, I mean... like they've never like never not like been fun. Like never been not been like. For the most part, they've all been fun, no matter how bad. You know they go. Sure. But I feel like, you know, like it's like it, I look back at like the Girls of Command tours and it's like, man, we like made it through that entire tour and actually like made money enough to record. Like, yeah, yeah. We actually had That's like weird seven, eight hundred dollars at dude, like literally like the I we no band until a thief was like, well, like into like halfway through it came back with that amount of money after that like law of all ends was like zero if we were lucky like every time we like wow tour like goc was actually a pretty successful tour like and then also that's like we made like 200 of those first demos those three yeah these yeah 200 of those yep it's it was weird it was like such like it was like this like band i don't think either of us expected a lot of people to like no, not at all. Then, I, I, like, I yeah. remember we played like a our first show was uh it was supposed to be in Muscatine, but like three days before that somehow we got on like a noise show in Iowa City. You remember that? Yeah. And uh I remember like for some reason everybody just fucking loved us and we had and, and it was it was so weird. And then like it just yeah, it was it was very strange. Like in looking back on it, it was so it was so weird. Like we didn't have like the Internet back then like we do now. You know what no, I mean? No, man. It so, took months for us to book that tour. Yeah. Like, it, it and was, it was like it, so like making phone calls and, you know, map questing everything. And like <laughs> every it was all on it was all on book, book your own book, your own fucking life. And yeah. we still we had, we had an atlas that we yeah you know, wrote around with us and that's kind of the best though I mean come on seriously oh absolutely book your own was... fucking life was so so cool just I I miss those days I miss that resource yeah, yeah. definitely 
definitely. Did you ever go on any tours back then, Eric? What years are we talking? Uh, 2000. Early 2000s? Yeah. Yeah. Nope. Okay. Uh, No. I think Old Scratch went out. No, uh, I was in the heart attacks. I might have been 2002. Yeah. So, yeah, I guess the answer is yes. Okay. (laughs) Sorry. (laughs) I'm still reconstructing my life um, in my mind. (laughs) I lost yeah. all my memories for like the past 20 years, and I'm just kind of digging them out now. Getting, so. it, getting them back now. Yeah. Is this, yeah. this podcast kind of helping that a little bit? Yeah. Yeah. It's uh, one of the main <laughs> reasons I do it. Yeah. So you can tell me shit that I've done in my life. <laughs> Eric, I remember you doing this. Yeah. Um, that's nice. <laughs> yeah. yeah and also, no. those stores like we're like, you know, one person had like a cell phone. Like, I think you were the only one with a cell phone. Yeah. And it was one of those. Um, I felt like I was in an eighties rap video or something because it was like one of those big block, big blocks. Mm-hmm. Remember that Zach Morris phone? <laughs> what, what is a Zach Morris phone? Oh, it's from uh, saved by the bell. Oh, okay. Zach Morris. Dude, yeah. there's an entire like YouTube channel dedicated to like zach morris did you know that yeah how he's a bad person yeah how he's terrible yeah, it's, it's, it's really good yeah yeah <laughs> i've been meaning to, i've been meaning to check that out because yeah totally an abusive person yeah. he's like a he's horrible a <laughs> yeah it was like a sociopath you know like it really was and uh did the screech <laughs> dustin diamond or is that his name dustin yeah, diamond yeah he actually passed away recently, didn't he? Yeah, he did. He did. Okay, yeah. It's crazy. He was in some sort of like weird like indie rock band. Did you know that? Like uh that it was like an indie math rock band or something. Wow. Like back oh, back really? in the early yeah, back in the early two thousands. I can't remember he what was, they were played bass. <laughs> um he also did porn, right? Or no? When my I, I I actually don't know. Sometimes I, I just make things up, so I don't know the answer. <laughs> You're trying to dig for the um, actual, like, what really actually happened there, Eric? <laughs> yeah, it's a big a big mystery. Actually, I don't know what happened to him. Yeah, I don't really know either. Yeah. But, yeah, anyway, yeah, Zach Morris, man. <laughs> so, that, that, so I had a Zach Morris phone. Yeah, back to the no. story. <laughs> actually, do you remember... Oh, God. I know that I've told this story several times, Brian, but... It just, I have to tell it now. I don't think I told Eric. Uh, so I apologize because I know you've you've been reminded of this like a thousand times, Brian. But do you remember when we were driving down the road and our drummer got a call from his dad? Yeah. Okay. Oh, which one? Uh, oh, yeah, I guess I guess he called my cell phone several times, didn't he? Yeah, yeah. So Tyler, I, I apologize if you're listening. I know you're not, so it doesn't matter. But um, where did Tyler and, go anyway? Where did he disappear? He lives not too far from me. Oh, really? Gotcha. I never, I never see him though. I mean, I, I don't, I don't, I think he works at the casino, the Riverside Casino. Oh. And uh, I'm not sure, but anyway, so he get, I get a call from his dad, and I think Brian is driving. I'm in the passenger seat. Now Tyler had he bought another like. Remember we split like. The two were into two different, like, sections. It was originally going to be three weeks, and then, like, we couldn't get that middle week booked. So we did, like, a week and a half, like, down, straight down south. 
Mm-hmm. Well, I think we did. No, first no. Half, first leg was going east. Yeah, it was east the, coast. It was like Ohio and back. Yeah, like Ohio around there, and then like Wisconsin and stuff mm-hmm. like that. And then the next leg was like straight south. Yeah, straight south, like, like through like St. Louis and New our Orleans. Our first, our first date was New Orleans. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah. And uh, anyway, I remember um, he remember he bought a, a different van because he was so worried about my van breaking down. Yeah, so, I mean to be fair, my van was a piece of shit. Um, yeah, I think I think we took it but, to a mechanic, and they were like, "You're going yeah. to get home." And, it made, yeah. and we got home. We got yeah. home. Yeah, yeah, it was it was great. But um, anyway, uh, so he bought that van, and uh, so I remember like he took his dad wanted him to use his drum set for some reason, and when Tyler said, "No, I'm taking my drums," his dad got really pissed and like started yelling at him because I was there when this happened, <laughs> and. Uh, he was just like, no, you're going to take my fucking drums. They're so much better, blah, blah, blah. I'm not going to let you take your drum, you know, whatever. So, mm-hmm. so Tyler had another car. And what he did was he t- he said, all right, fine, I'll take your drums. And he uh, took his drums and put them in his car's trunk and hid them from his dad. Uh, and then yeah. he took his drums on tour. Well, his dad had a key to that car. And I don't know wh- why he even snooped in the trunk. But um, he just, like, opened up the trunk and found his drums, and he called me, and he's like, I don't know, we're on our way to fucking New Orleans or something. So it's <laughs> like, at this point, it's like, you know, who cares? You know what I mean? But, you know, his dad was just like, yeah, can I talk to my son, please? <laughs> I was like, yeah, sure. And then I, I'm me and Brian heard for, like, probably, like, ten minutes, like, you little goddamn son of a bitch, why the hell did you take <laughs> anyway sorry sorry folks um so let's get back to brian bar uh you know not otherwise this whole podcast will become girls and command stories Uh, well i I do have to i do have to i do have to say one more thing about that tour or new orleans specifically that's what we found out who shop maker was oh yes shop they were like obvious like after our set people came up to us and like y'all have to be like fans of Shopmaker. And we're like, mm. who's Shopmaker? And they're like, what? Like, yeah, we don't know who that is. And yeah, we they... ended up checking them out. Like, I think the people played them, like, that we stayed with that night played Shopmaker. And literally, it, like, GOC was just like Shopmaker. <laughs> like, yeah, sounded, doesn't that suck? Like, even the that. vocals and every, like, the vo- like, even your, you and I's vocals, like, how yes. much you're yelling and mine were, mm. like, literally sounded, like, dead on with Shopmaker. Yep. The wow. style of drumming, the style of bass yeah. playing. Yeah. <laughs> everything was like, it was like, oh, so we're ripping people off we don't even know about. Yeah, like yeah. some band from Canada. <laughs> okay. Were they from Canada? Yeah. I, I, didn't I, bought even the, I bought their discography. Like, you can get their, like, whole discography. Oh, yeah. I, 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 I still have one of their albums. Um, yeah. Something like Forget Me Not or something like that. Uh, early one. But actually, I, I remember, like, it was interesting because as we, uh, after, when we got back and we played more shows and stuff like that um, around the area, uh, it, it's amazing how many other bands we discovered I feel that did actually sound like us. Like, mm-hmm. you know, like there mm-hmm. was actually like off minor, I think was not. Yeah. Really yeah. And, you know, and there was kind of a scene. I mean, the only reference sort of that I would have 
maybe um you know had would have been like 10 grand or something yeah, but even yeah. they didn't really sound like us but yeah Shop 10 Maker, grand was definitely a lot more like um i don't know discordant hmm. kind of weirder they were actually crazier than us yeah <laughs> much crazier than us. dude like, literally like yeah that band's still my favorite iowa band Oh, hands I mean, hands down. They're one of my favorites, if not my favorite. Uh, I mean, just, it's crazy. Like, I was just listening to This Is The Way To Rule the other day, and I forgot how fucking good that record was. Oh, that album. That album's so good. Have you ever heard that one, Eric? No, I haven't. I haven't listened to much 10 Grand at all. Yeah. I know I I should. I I, I I just haven't, I haven't found the time in the last 20. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. It's hard to find time, like when you're growing, you know. Yeah. <laughs> like you just, the time goes by. But you know what? I mean, yeah. there's so many bands that I'm like discovering today that I'm like, we've had this discussion several times, Eric, and I'm sure I've had this discussion with you, Brian. There's bands that I'm listening, I'm discovering today that have been around my entire life, hell, even before I was born, probably. That I'm like, yeah. Why wasn't I into this in high school? Yeah, you know. Yeah. It happens to me every. Like once a week, probably. I'm just like, how did I miss this? But yeah, there's also, I think, feel like there's also the bands too that have to hit you at the right moment in time sometimes. Like, there's definitely bands like I heard the first time and I'm like, this is terrible. And then, like, or I don't, I'm not into this. And then, like, 10 years later, some amount of time later, like, I'm like, oh, this is great. What what's, what was my problem? <laughs> like, have you ever gone back and forth? <laughs> oh, where you? Oh, yeah. Like I've had. Band, I've gone like, back and forth with Parliament Funkadelic like five times. What? <laughs> like, you you've actually gone back on them maybe not being that good. Every so often, every once in a while, yeah, I'll just hear something that's so goofy and lame, and I'm just like, oh my god, you know? <laughs> well, and then I don't know, like flashlight kills right but like the 150th time you've heard it, you're like oh my god this again yeah. like i don't know it's yeah but the first time i heard him i'm like this band i, I, I can i can you feel know? you there <laughs> and then like yeah five <laughs> well, years yeah. later i'm like this is the best band i've ever heard so you know i like i remember well, you- dan you lending me modest mouse and i didn't mm. like modest mouse at first oh, yeah, it took yeah, like yeah. another like five years for me to like modest mouse Yep, yep. And you know what's really funny about that? That is a band I've gone back and forth on. Yeah. Um, oh, no, that's, because... a, that's a good point. Like, that's the same with me, too. Like, I've gone back and forth where it's like, this isn't as good as I remember it being. Yeah, you and know, then... um, I, I still say Lonesome Crowded West. I still, if people ask me what my favorite album of all time is, I still say that because at the time it came out, it was so, like, it, it affected me so much. But, like, Okay, that that's the stuff I go back and forth on where I'm like, okay, is this really as good as I remember? Now yeah. their new stuff, past good news for people who love bad news, ain't no going back and forth. That stuff's just not that good. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I like at a least few of those my... songs a lot, but yeah. Yeah, some They're some pretty them, different. Like Dashboard, that's a that's a good one. But mm-hmm. uh yeah, this is the uh the, the modest mouse cast now. <laughs> like I always say, I always It's uh, always just under the surface. Uh, yes, honestly. just <laughs> under the surface. But no, no. If someone I, said mouse, we would have to we'd have a twenty-five minute conversation about modest mouse. Another band that actually uh, I remember I was always 
obsessed with trying to compare us to, but looking back on it now, really, we didn't sound like them that much. Uh, shellac. Oh yeah. Oh, uh, shellac. Uh, I've had moments where I'm like, geez, this even as good as I remember. Then I saw them live at Gabe's like, what was it? Two or three years ago or whatever. Yeah. And uh, I was like, yeah, they're, they're as fucking good as I remember. <laughs> yeah. Cause they, they were fucking amazing live. Yeah. We, um, when we recorded, I'm going to, I'm going to like fast forward in my musical career to when we recorded. What's up, buddy? Wait, oh, you mean just a second. Yeah. So like, I can talk while I'm doing this. Um, so when we recorded, uh, throws, mm-hmm. um, we were, we recorded at electrical audio, right? And we, we recorded, we recorded in studio B Well, shellac was rehearsing in studio a wow. that entire weekend. Like we were, wow. we were like, so basically it was us running into shellac <laughs> the wow. entire weekend, like <laughs> just the entire weekend running into shellac. And yeah, like we could, we could, we could like just, it was, it was just, very, you had to get over it. You had to be like, okay, yeah, wh- whatever. Mm-hmm. Like I, I remember there, there's so many few good moments, but like one moment is like, I went in, it was like woke up in the morning. Cause we stayed the night there cause they have bunk houses there. Right. And like, I walk into the kitchen cause there's like a full kitchen or whatever. And I'm like making coffee or whatever. And like, like Bob Weston and Todd Trainer are in there, and like I'm just like I just woken up, so I'm just like wearing gym shorts or whatever. And like Bob Weston's like he's like, and it's like January, and it was like actually we were all snowed in, like it was like what was that that 2019 when like we were we got that nailed with that huge snow. Yes. System. So like that was the weekend, like um, and like Bob Weston's just like shorts, huh? That's old. And Todd Trainer's up there. No, man, you do you. It's okay. Like, <laughs> That's funny. Um, I was like, I just woke up and I'm getting some coffee. Me and um, at that shellac show, me and yeah, who friend, the who the hell wears pants to get their first cup of coffee? Come on, yeah, no kidding. Yeah, no kidding. Shorts, come on, man. Even in January. Yeah. Um. Yeah, me and uh, my friend Jeff, who I went to the shellac show with, we actually talked to Bob Weston quite a bit, like even before the show downstairs. Mm-hmm. And I remember asking him, I don't know, we were talking about like, I don't know, I think Dinosaur Jr. came up or something like that, you know? And he's like, yeah, yeah, there's a lot of old bands like that that I like. And he kind of listed off a bunch. And then I just, to kind of be like, just someone of us, I don't know. I thought of like the first band that just kind of came to mind. And for whatever reason, I just said Soul Asylum. <laughs> and he was like, no, no, not Soul Asylum. He's like, I like their first album. Mm-hmm. And then it is was, good. <laughs> yeah. I don't remember their first album, but I do love the Grave Dancers Union album still. I, I like some of their, I, I like that guy's voice, Dave something. Perner. Yeah. That guy. I actually, yeah. Like I, um, <clears throat> me and Carly got on a conversation about Soul Asylum. Like, she was like, I fucking hate that band. And I'm like, really? I, I liked that album. I thought it was good. Like, like you yeah. know, yeah, Runaway Train, yeah, that was not so great. But, you know, <laughs> right, like, but... really good songs. Somebody like, to Shove is a killer song. Oh, God, it's, it's so good. It's such a good song. Yeah. And, like, so I, I tried playing, and she just, 
like absolutely. <laughs> and I think it's like his voice is kind of polarizing. I think, yeah. but um, I looked them up, and they're still like he's still. I think he's the only original member, but they're still doing stuff. Hmm. It's yeah. not very good. No, it's very um. <laughs> Overproduced, overproduced, like just sort of, yeah. It's definitely like very um, radio rockish kind of now. Yes. I've always wanted to do this project called Suicidal Asylum, and uh, it's basically <laughs> just soul asylum songs done in the style of suicidal tendencies. And I, I think it'd be pretty good. I don't know. It's just, I, I would love that's... to hear the song without a trace done in the style of suicidal tendencies. <laughs> I'll do a demo. <laughs> I gotta hear. Like this. I can play like anyone in Suicide. <laughs> Are you gonna use? Any, I was uh... just gonna be Mike Mir and jump around and <laughs> act foolish and do this weird serial killer voice that he does. You know, but you gotta, you gotta make me, a, you gotta make me a deal here, Eric. You gotta <laughs> these rumbas and cha chas. You gotta include that in there somehow. <laughs> it's the style of suicidal, not. Well, I. I don't know. Maybe we can work some cha in. I don't know. <laughs> I but, mean, have you ever heard Disco Volante? They basically did that. I, I have. I have heard that. <laughs> I have heard that. <laughs> a couple times. Yeah, at least. Uh, a couple I'm hundred, sure. probably. But yeah, you're right. All right, I'll get to work on it. Let's keep talking to Brian, though. <laughs> okay, yeah. Uh, so, Brian, what's up? <laughs> what's up? Where, where, Great where, where? question. I had that one written down, too. Yeah. yeah. That where? was kind of the first thing. Where were we? Uh, I think uh, we were talking. Oh, okay, 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 yeah. okay. You fast forwarded a little bit to throws, but what I want to hear about is the law of all ends, laws dead, Terraceth years. Oh my God! All right, I mean, law of all ends was pretty much like, um, you know, we wanted to be like do screamy, chaotic hardcore, and get in a van, and we did that. And we're like super broke and dumpster diving. And we, I think we toured almost every three months for about three years. Wow. Did a seven inch. Wow. Um, the problem with that band is like, it just like none of us, we were all so broke that like we could never put any money into the band, like enough to really mm-hmm. get us going enough. Like that seven inch, like pretty much like killed us financially to do. Um, the one like good recording that we did, um, but I still lo- I still love all those songs. I wish they would have been, besides the seven inch, would have been recorded better. You know, like we would actually put some some money. That's my only like kind of like bummer about that band. Mm-hmm. It, that it's kind of it's, it's probably kind of the same with GOC. I wish we would have had had some better recordings because i feel like it didn't do the songs justice yeah definitely you know um so i mean yeah like and you know yeah lava lens was like super fun to be in um it just it was kind of like i feel like to a certain degree though like me and eric were like the ones that were like always like all in we were like you know, they always called us mom and dad in that band. <laughs> like, <laughs> like we we're like a couple years older than everybody. You know, my sister was in the band. Yeah. And like we were always just like, get your shit together. Get in the van. <laughs> like, stop messing around. You were like the great Gin or even yeah. high of the bands. <laughs> um, I don't know. I don't know which one I would have been. 
maybe the Dean <laughs> Mackay. You think Eric was probably the harsher one? Oh, yeah, for sure. Okay. For sure. Yeah, because from what I understand, Greg Ginn is like a – well, Henry Rollins says in interviews all the time that Greg Ginn is like like a machine and, you know, like – like Henry Rollins spoke of like Greg Ginn as if he's terrified of him. And if you're <laughs> if you're terrifying Henry Henry Rollins, you're doing yeah, either yeah. something incredibly right or incredibly wrong. I, I yeah, can't yeah, decide. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> nice. So so Eric was running SST. You were running Discord. <laughs> <laughs> uh, so what happened with those labels? <laughs> well, I think Discord's still going. Yes, it is. I think and so SST. It's SST as well. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, it is. I mean, they, I still. I, I, that... Oh, man, sorry. I still try to like. I'm like, like Discord. I keep like meaning to like just like get on their Bandcamp and start like going through everybody that they've released. Yeah, I've tried that because too. it's like it's just like or like just making a a mental note to do it. I've also done that with my with a with Thrill Jockey. I've been like because there's so oh, many yeah. artists jockey that I have not listened to that like are probably amazing and I just still haven't checked them out. And that's like Discord, Discord and Thrill Jockey are like two labels of like I need to like spend a day each and just like go through and listen yeah. to everything. Um so both yeah. labels have definitely put out a lot of interesting stuff. You've gotten to Trans Am yeah. at least with Thrill Jockey, haven't you? Yeah. Yeah. I yeah. love Trans Am. Sounds good. I love Trans Am too. <laughs> both, both. I don't have anything to add. I, that's it. I just, I love it. They're um, so good. Maybe we could go through the entire Discord discography, Eric, and we could review them all on an episode. Oh, yeah. I thought you were going to say we should do that right now. It seems like <laughs> we just it start, might take a while. and. Start and I did have other questions. <laughs> Start. Um, we could do a, a react video to every single Discord release on the YouTube channel. Oh my god! All right. My son loves it. Those reactions. <laughs> you're, you're, yeah, I like those react videos. I there's a channel yeah. that I watch all the time. Tease McGee. I, I was just about to say I think I'm too old for it. But... <laughs> well, well, I don't know. I enjoy it because I like. Sometimes he he reviews like some of the hip hop that I like and right. you don't really see a lot of them. You don't see a lot of reacts reacting to Aesop rock or something, you know? Yeah. And he does. And I always like that. I always like it when I see like, or he'll react to like Fugazi and it's like people who have no connection to that at all. I always like it when they, um, anyway, Eric, I feel like I'm keeping you from asking Brian a question. I'm sorry. Oh, not at all. We can keep going through the timeline here a little bit too. So, um yeah see the, when noah joined the it changed the sound changed a little bit right yeah or did the whole thing kind of change anyway because you were kind of recording as a as a band did that kind of change the sound of things too a little bit or <clears throat> yeah i mean when noah noah joining um I mean, I've always anybody that's in the been been in the band, even though I'm the person that started it, I always mm. treated it like a band and treated it like um, everybody has like a voice and yeah. has you know like input sonically and everything. I think Noah was probably the first one um, that really had like 
besides Eric, like had, you know, a lot of like the chops. He's also a really good lyricist, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. way better than me. So um, I kind of like was like, yeah, man, you know, bring as much to the table as you want. And Noah kind of came in at that, like he came in at the very end of like the tour cycle for Hopes of Failure. Like, I think mm-hmm. he did like one tour on Hopes of Failure, like the very, the last one we were going to do. Mm-hmm. And then we started writing throws. Um, so, I mean, it, we pretty much were coming in it, in it from scratch. Like we had no, yeah. we had no, I had no riffs or anything like that. So I think that's kind of, it's also like Noah is like, ha- has such like a good, like, foundation as a bass player like that Mm -hmm. that was the first one time where i felt like i could step back from being more like more of just like a rhythm right guitar Mm -hmm. and i could actually add because you didn't have to hold the whole thing yeah i didn't have to hold the whole low end down yeah yeah Mm -hmm. i mean that was very true with everything up to that point even through hopes of failure um because i think just danny wasn't 100 percent comfortable with like playing doom so he just he just kind of was like i'll just go with playing the root notes and then maybe add a little bit in there once in a while you know he probably would have like if he would have stayed in the band it probably would have like evolved more like what with with noah but i mean and then it's also like noah eric and i have like been playing music just as long as each other we've known noah forever Mm -hmm. noah was in like we had the exact same lineup 20 years ago right that yeah. that didn't you know pan out you know it was For like sure. the ending of Parish's Fools or whatever. Mm-hmm. Um, so that was kind of the the change, and it's also like you know hopes of failure where we kind of stripped everything away and like left all the like pretty much like no noise or anything like that. We abandoned all that mm-hmm. and throws. We kind of tried to bring that back more, and then also just like Noah's and I's vocals dynamics right. work really well. Mm-hmm. And we kind of discovered that in the studio. Oh, <laughs> like, wow. Nice. Yeah, like we like we didn't really try it with Hopes of Failure because it never really was when we were doing the Hopes of Failure, like when we were touring on that, all the vocals were like separate because Danny and I had very much similar range. Mm-hmm. So we would just, you know, there would be a Danny part or so it was the same. It was like there would be the Noah part. But that was like the first time we started actually like doing vocals at the same time mm-hmm. and I, like even shane was just like your guys's vocals sound so good together because one's so low and one's so high mm-hmm. that like and then so like i would just like even noah was kind of apprehensive and i would just like keep being like i'm gonna double up on that part that you just screamed <laughs> <laughs> yeah so yeah no it sounds really cool and um i got to see you guys a number of times before he was with you and then i saw you again yeah with them at the mansion, Res- Resnick mansion or something. Oh yeah, that was a that was a that was a fun one. With wolf eyes, and, right? And, yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah. And so that was the first time I'd seen you with Noah. So that and last time actually, uh, the world kind of dissolved. Um, yeah, after, right after that. <laughs> after that show, but um, mm-hmm. yeah, it was really cool to see. And I had played with Noah before, and so it was really cool to see him doing a similar thing that he had done in radness but a completely different thing at the same time so yeah yeah so sorry to ask so about 
specifically one person, but um, oh no, that's all right. Yeah, and it was fun <laughs> to play with you guys. I we played like two shows with you guys, and then I got the mumps, and then I quit radness. <laughs> yeah, but those were some fun shows. Yeah, they for were a couple days. Yeah, mm-hmm. yeah, that was um, be, that was uh, madness was uh, in its four piece days back then, right? Um, I think we shit. I think we yeah, were. Well, I think I thought Phil was actually doing. Yeah, Phil was part of it. Yeah. But, okay. What? Well, yeah. On that. Yeah, weekend? he was. Yeah. I don't. I couldn't remember if he was on those shows. That weekend run. I'm trying yeah. to. Mm. He was. Okay. Gotcha. Man. Yeah. I don't know. Yeah. I remember I saw you at the uh, <clears throat> the four piece lineup at one of Sam's um, River City Throwdowns in Muscatine. Like a few years back, two or three years ago, or something like that, or four years ago. I don't know. I think that might have just been the three of them. <laughs> no, you were there, Eric. I was there. See, yes. I told you. Oh, <laughs> what happened? Did we talk? <laughs> oh, oh, yeah, that's right. I'm digging stuff up out of your brain. Um, so it was, uh, yeah, we talked. Oh, okay. I, th- I think it went something like this Hey, Eric. Hey, Dan. <laughs> That does not seem likely. So what are you doing? Making this up? No. Well, I don't know. I'm sitting down. All right. <laughs> I'm calling baloney on this bullshit artist. No. <laughs> no, it really happened. I swear. Like, it, you don't believe me? Uh, I mean, yeah, I have to because you have a working brain. <laughs> Uh, that's debatable. So I guess you win every argument now. Great. <laughs> Dude, actually, this is beginning to sound more and more appealing. Yeah, for you. Anyway. <laughs> Sorry, Eric. No, not at Sorry all. Sorry you have to go through all this. Uh, yeah. Um, so I feel like my role a lot of times when we interview people is to ask really specific, boring production process and gear type questions mm-hmm. because so, lord knows i would screw that up for sure no i just <laughs> no 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 but i'm ser- obsessed I'm, with it I'm, I'm, yeah. I'm, I'm, I'm being 100 serious eric knows way more about that uh, stuff than i do oh i know i play in a i've played in a band with you <laughs> <laughs> oh that's right i forgot about that oh, that's... <laughs> i want to hear about dan's rig although i will i will say the, <laughs> It's like an old Rage 158 practice amp. Hey, that's a good amp. Actually, those are really good. Those have really good distortion. They those do, actually. Yes, amps. they really do. I actually have one here that I run my uh, synthesizer and drum machine through a splitter. <laughs> do you use the gain channel? Uh, No, not uh, really. Should you I? Sh- you should. Okay, yeah. I'm going to do that. Thank you for the the tip. Uh, I will say though that my knowledge of tone has evolved a lot since Girls uh, in Cage. Yeah, yeah. I mean, you did see me in Disgruntled Noise Box, Brian. Come on, I, I, don't you think my guitar sounded better than it did in GOC? Oh yeah, dude. I mean, uh, I, I I think the the especially when I think I recorded that outer head stuff, that Fender yeah. Deluxe you had sounded really good. Yep. Right. Okay, sorry to interrupt, Eric. <laughs> Not at all. So, um, you use a lot of pedals. And one thing I sort of talked about when we reviewed Granular Breath was 
specifically, I wondered about some pedal you have has some sort of bias control on it, or or maybe it's just a ZVEX pedal. But something that you have over, it sends too much um, electricity through it somehow, and yeah. you get that kind of breakup sound. And I just wondered if what that was. I mean, it's, it's a landscape stereo field it's not a pedal Whoa. though oh what is it it's um and i was actually prepared for this question because i did oh. listen to that review <laughs> um cool. so a landscape stereo field it's kind of like a um it's kind of like a control voltage um like i'm trying to remember contact like not a contact mic but it actually conducts like it uses your body oh, as yeah. as a way to connect the signal, so it's I've actually the whole that. thing yeah. is a, is a like the whole thing is just an open circuit mm-hmm. with like CV outs, and you have like a stereo in and out, and um, it is my favorite noise device. Yeah, I like saw that on your like, Instagram post just the yeah. other day. I yeah. think you had a, your rig. Yeah. Cool. So, you can you can run it like at, on its own, but also, man, you can run instruments into it. Okay. Um, so, like on the granular breath stuff, I use a signal blender, mm-hmm. like an old old blood noise signal blender. Okay. Um, so I could put my clean tone in as well. Right. Um, and that way, you can almost use the stereo field as like a kind of expressive distortion pedal. Mm-hmm. And then I like, okay. give you that that sort of like breaking up, but you can also yeah. like get it to the point where like I use it a lot on the stages set. So if you guys watch that, the mm-hmm. stages set, like I oh, use yeah. that a lot. Like you can almost get a drone going and then add the stereo field as something like to even push it into like even a, like a more saturated drone. Mm-hmm. So right. you can it's 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 a super cool box. I if any oh. if you get one, I would recommend getting some sort of a signal blender with it though because it opens up because it can just destroy your signal. Right. So it's it kind of cool to yeah, degenerate yeah. that to the point. Yeah. But if you yeah. run it as like something you can then you also have the idea you can turn it off. Mm-hmm. Cuz if you if you're just plugged into it and then into your pedals like it's always on. Right. Uh, because there's no on or off switch. So the big thing is, like, I think for me is running, uh, yeah, some sort of signal blender um, with it. So then I can basically turn it on and off when I want. Sure. Yeah. Right. Yeah, that makes sense. Yeah. yeah. Cool. Um, and so, okay, first of all, I don't want to sound like I'm like um, a disciple of modular i'm not trying to spread the good word i'm not on a mission but when i look at your pedal board like i said yeah. i saw a post the other day and my first thought was why doesn't brian get into modular you know and i, I just was curious because you're already utilizing the same ideas of cv and yeah and things like that so i guess that's another weird question <laughs> so so my buddy um Greg, that uh, of uh, Plaguebringer. I don't know if okay. you guys have heard of Plaguebringer or not. Oh yeah, they haven't been really too active in the last in last decade or so. They're actually um, but, they were featured on Food Network. Wow. 
the plate bringer burger. Yes, they um for, for the for was, the yeah for the there was there's a show called Best Thing I Ever Ate, and one of the mm. chefs said that there was something about best burger I've ever ate, and one of them said the plague bringer, and oh, so wow. mm. then they they actually played they started playing their music, like oh, and wow. then. Then yeah, the two guys from Plaguebringer were like serving him like a Plaguebringer burger <laughs> nice. from Kuma's corner. Mm-hmm. Whoa! Wow! Huh. Yeah. Even though Greg, Greg, and Greg and Josh never said anything about serving <laughs> somebody a Plaguebringer burger. Yeah. Well, maybe it wasn't them, but I would assume so. They. <laughs> I mean, they were. Ta- I mean, they they had tattoos and they looked like metal guys. Yeah. No, Greg and Josh don't really look like metal guys, though. What do they look? They don't like? have a lot of tattoos. Okay, well, normal guy. They kind of look like us, dude. Then I must be. <laughs> this is probably something that is. Well, you you got tattoos, Brian. Yeah, yeah. I probably look a little bit more like a metal guy, but like, um, especially now that I have long hair. But again, but um, <laughs> like you know, they're just like. They don't have very. Neither one of them have very many tattoos, and like. Mm. They're just kind of normal dude looking. Okay, like, well then I must have, been looking, but... must have been looking at the wrong guys then. Yeah, um, uh, but I mean, anyways, back to, <laughs> back, to the, back to the back to the gear. Mm-hmm. Um, like I've been checking out that company Make Noise. Yeah, and that's been kind of making me want to dive into that stuff. Yeah, uh, I texted I texted jo- I t- Greg, who's like mm-hmm. a huge gear gear snob as well me and him have actually like traded pedals back and forth a lot and everything um over the last year um and he just was just like and he had like a huge modular since Mm. uh, a couple years ago and sold a lot of that off Mm. and then like has gotten into pedals and he's just like dude he's just like beware like it's so much 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 worse than pedals like it's so like it's so addictive and i literally i'm like really really want to try it but i think i'm gonna wait i think i'm gonna give it i think i'm gonna give it maybe wait a while before yeah. that because that that's just that's a whole another every time yeah. i've gotten into the synth stuff like i ended up like abandoning it every time i've kind of like been more like i'm gonna i need to synth is the next thing i need to get go right. toward, you know <laughs> but the make noise effect stuff like yeah. i definitely see where like they had like a um the problem like they have some of the standalone devices right that i was checking but then they have one that's like on a, a that's a that's a uh euro rack module that like takes an sd card and it's like a sampler that you can like take samples and pre-recordings and mess with them from there and i was literally like oh my god that's what i need but yeah. then it all goes you can't just have that one device. Right. Well, you have to go from there. Yeah, so then it's like. You could. You could just have one device, but yeah. you still need a case and a power supply. Yeah. So, um, but yeah, I, I would actually tell people, because when I first got into it, everyone was like, get the biggest case that you can afford because you're always going to want more and yeah. blah, blah, blah. And in reality, I think I would have been ha- happier to get what's called a skiff, which is just a small uh, case, powered case, because mm-hmm. you can still fit like, I don't even know, 15 modules on there, probably. And if you just used it like it was a 
you know, a, not really to create music, but to process sound and noise. That's mm-hmm. way more than enough. Anyway, like I said, I'm not on a, I don't have an agenda here, but <laughs> oh, yeah, yeah. I just think but, you'd have a lot of fun with it. Cause it's, um, you think of noise in a, in a different way. I know. I and think. I think it's so. probably the next, the next leap for me. I think I'm still gonna, gonna do yeah. it. I'm just, I'm, I'm treading lightly partially because of financial reasons just to oh, be like, all right, sure. I like, yeah. I could do it, but man, I know yeah. how deep that goes. It's, um, it's worse than pedals, but, I, you know, but I, like, I, I think, I think the thing are. that, Oh, sorry, Brian. Go ahead. No, I'm done. I, I was just going to say, I think that the thing that really fascinates me about the idea of synths and Eric, we've talked about this. Mm-hmm. I mean, all I've got right now is basically almost a beginner synth, which is the Arturia uh, micro brute. And uh, I'm like, all, I, I'm already like, I'm, I'm like addicted to this thing, you know, yeah. like, yeah. and uh, the idea of mar- modular synths, the thing that I like about it is you're almost unlearning how to play music and relearning like you know yeah. what i mean like music doesn't have hardly anything to do with it yeah it's just it's yeah. more yeah. about sound and i and and yeah man mm-hmm. i could just see myself if i ever i probably would never leave the house <laughs> you know i mean seriously my yeah. dad would be like what are you doing in there just close the door you know i mean that was crazy. the big yeah that was the big that was the biggest warning from 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 that was the the last warning and this literally this conversation happened a few days ago <laughs> um it's, it's funny that you brought it up now like yeah. I, like it, like literally texted him out of the blue and was like dude man this is this is really starting to make me think and he's like you have a wife and a family that's <laughs> <laughs> like, a very good point like well I, have you like, have it's you just like it's a very addictive and yeah i could see that being like i need i gotta wait when i wake up yeah the thing is, it's, it's uh, addictive and completely pointless, which is an <laughs> awesome combination that's... because you've got to <laughs> love both of those. I mean, it's like if you it would be the same thing as like if you drank one beer and blacked out. <laughs> that's kind of how it feels. It's like you spend hours and hours making a patch and then you just have to unplug it or you can never use your synth again. And so you just rip the cables out and it's gone forever. It, it's kind of like a, a zen, um, like one of those uh, rock gardens, you know? Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> or like those ta- uh, uh, mandalas arcade. they make out of sand, and then they just blow it away. Yeah, it's like that. Like like an arcade, like a zen arcade? Yeah, like a zen arcade. Yeah. I mean, that's the big thing about it is, like, you will never, like, to, to get that sound, like, you would have to memorize everything. And then, like, a lot of that stuff is, like, how you twist one knob oh it yeah. reacts to the next to the next one in such a, a odd way that like it just trying to replicate it like i would need to basically record everything and then make samples of yeah. all of it so then i had it but i have considered it like for a seat we've been trying to like bring back and work bring back a lot of that stuff Mm-hmm. Like the noise stuff and and then synth stuff and everything and that's yeah. one thing I've been thinking. I was like, man, I need to. I'm kind of like slightly working on it, but tiptoeing yeah. lightly. Well, if you want to come over, yeah, mess, yeah. mess with mine for real. Yeah, in the summer oh, yeah. sometime. I, 
I think it's a fun thing to work with. Uh, anyway, if you want to bring your, I feel like I've taken most of the episode now talking about this. <laughs> yeah. It, it, not really, actually. That just I whenever think... I see someone's pedal board and it's just like a bunch of knobs and wires, I'm like, oh, you know, like, yeah. <laughs> you're halfway there. Do you think a oh. modular sense would sound good through a Rage 158? Hell yeah. Yes, it would. For sure. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> well, if you, Although guys wanna... you can just do whatever levels of distortion you want with <laughs> just bias. I mean, just overdrive the whole damn thing. It's it's a lot of fun. Really, really good point. You guys yeah. want to come over and mess with my Rage 158 in a module yeah. or something? Let's, let's yeah, do it. Okay. Sounds, sounds good. How about you come here with your amp? I think that that sounds good. Would be yeah. Easier. But we yeah. should we it's should definitely date. plan on this. Brian, Eric, and Dan Jam Day. All right. Yeah. Jam. Jam. Let's jam. Let's I'll, jam I'll bring this. It. I'll bring the stereo field. <laughs> nice. That would be rad. Wait, what is a stereo field? That's it's... that contact mic sort of thing he was talking about. Oh, okay. Yeah. All right. Yeah, I've seen them. They look really you could, fun. You could totally the borrow CD mine if you that. want for like oh a week. Wow. Eric, you could totally borrow it if you want. I could like right. ring it next week to practice. <laughs> Eric's like, I'm uh, going to have to take a break from the podcast, man. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Anything you can use to control the it all is like really a lot of fun i have inputs for all kinds of shit and um a, a like a guitar level preamp input um which is pretty sick to run a guitar through the whole thing too oh so. cool anyway uh, i have one more gear question since yeah. we're talking about pedals and stuff all time favorite pedal <laughs> oh boss boss and, metal uh, Oh, hey, mine's the DS1. I'm totally serious. <laughs> DS1? So, hell yeah. Um, 30 bucks, and you have everything from Nirvana to Sabbath in your pocket. There you go. <laughs> Is this a question? Can I answer this question too, Eric? Yeah, for sure. Okay. Yeah. Uh, I'm going to think about it. I'm going to let Brian go first. Okay. Um, man, that's you hard. Can- you can have a couple. That's fine. <laughs> it doesn't okay. have to be the pedal. <laughs> okay. So, I mean, like, I would say the Blackhawk Amps Balrog mm. would be my favorite heavy distortion. Okay. Um, it It's, like, it can do sludge, but, like, my problem with fuzz pedals has always been that they're just, like, they have no tight low end. Right. Again, I'm just such a Godflesh fan. Like, I like that super tight, like, punch you in the gut, like, muted, mm-hmm. you know, chug that, like, you know. Right. I, I like, I always feel like fuzz pedals, that just, just falls apart and it's just like, I'm like flubby. Oh, yeah. Um, so that would be my favorite heavy distortion. My second favorite distortion would be a rat variant. And what I found, like, I actually kind of like the rat better as a low gain pedal. Oh, sure. And the 1981, um, I've had like a a ton of different rats. Like I, I like I kind of started out like I had like a 1985 rat reissue 
that I like reviewed when I was wrote for Premier Guitar for a hot minute. Mm -hmm. um, and that kind of started it. And I had that for like a year. Like I used that for like four or five years as my main distortion for a scene. Like, and then I kind of got bored with it and then started down this like four <laughs> or five year train of like trying every distortion. <laughs> That's how it works. Um, and then I ended like, and like landed on this, the Balrog for my heavy oh. distortion. And then that 1981, I just bought on a whim. Um, and I really like the low gain on that. Nice. Uh, yeah. Rat's a good choice. That's a, yeah, it's just like a, it's like classic. a classic. Mm -hmm. Yeah. So that, those are my, those are probably my two nice. favorite distortions. Cool. Yeah. <laughs> can I give you a favorite of each? <laughs> you, you can tell me anything you want about that. I will be stoked. Oh, Whether. Man. People listening will be. I don't know. So I've never, I've never been a huge modulation fan, like a, a really big oh. modulation. Yeah. Like I can neither take like, but the um the uh, um Fairfield circuitry shallow water is like an amazing, very subtle chorus. Okay. That I really dig. Um, it can also kind of get you like that double doubling guitar doubling mm -hmm. effect um oh man i'm still like i still i feel like my favorite reverb is it's funny enough that my favorite reverb pedal is probably one that i got to rebuy oh snap that is I play. <laughs> yeah um my favorite reverb probably of all time is that is the strymon blues guy oh yeah yeah um i've heard really good things about the yeah i got i got like like I got weirdly like into a bunch of different ones and I thought like I wanted it like it was like now I have the I have the Walrus Audio R1 which I really dig I just feel like the Blue Sky still tops tops them all I yeah. feel I do have those auto like the the OTO machines like I have that reverb the 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 OTO BAM and the OTO uh BIM the delay and reverb Oh okay yeah those are amazing Actually, those are fantastic. Um, <laughs> they're just not pedals. They're tabletops. Yeah. Um, but if I could figure out how to get my switcher to actually them to accept the MIDI signal from my switcher, I would probably ditch the Walrus audios altogether and put them on my pedal board. Really? Yeah. Wow. Just, they're like, the funny thing is they're like, supposed to be replicating like 18, you know, like, what is it? Uh, um, like 15 bit like 80s like rack mount stuff and they, okay. they do such like a they just they're so warm and it, like they sound so good and you can push them so far like into like huge reverb and cavernous sounds that like nice. like you can just and they'll take anything that you'll feed it without like a clipping or anything like that mm -hmm. those are probably my nice. favorites cool. so those would be my favorites I've been digging the light pedal a lot too, the the game changer light pedal. As more I don't know just if a, I know that one. Um, so it's like a spring reverb. I did it on that latest video that that thing that was flashing. Oh like yeah, yeah, yeah. Optical, it's like an optical spring reverb pedal, and it actually has like springs in it. But I oh. use it as like a feedback, like as oh, a, okay. an expressive feedback thing. Yeah. <laughs> so, oh, nice. Yeah. 
so game changer they're they're the homies that did the like the lightning pedal right yeah 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 they <laughs> like did your that. distortion comes from lightning did you ever try yeah. that out yeah i use that actually on the newest granular breath oh okay um, is it I, pretty cool you like it yeah i like it um my buddy josh ford brought it to the studio um and i like actually used it as it's the lowest end guitar on the newest the granular breath that i sent you guys um the one where i recorded with john hopkins mm -hmm. um the lowest guitar sound in that is that that right. pla plasma nice. pedal nice so. cool all right thanks for awesome. answering all those questions yeah yeah i'll talk about yeah. hey you should just have <laughs> Okay, then one more question. What do you? What's your tuning? Well, let me pre preface that with you don't use a baritone, do you? You just have yeah, a. You use a baritone. Okay, so no, different I, scale. So nice. I use the, the so I use the Les Paul for like a few years. That's not right. a baritone. Um, mm -hmm. um, I last not this past, but about a year and a half ago, I bought my EGC. Aaron Turner like model okay. and that is a, a that's like a 27 and a half scale baritone mm -hmm. which it's a you know it's shorter like some people will be like it doesn't even look like a baritone um but it is um but it's I tuned to A E A D F A okay and it is it is exactly the what Sun like O'Malley and Greg Anderson from Sun okay tuned awesome. like, I, was, I was always I got it from a guitar world like i was like i tuned to like a like drop a forever like a lot of the earliest c stuff was in a standard right. even like the terra c stuff dan like was in like um like before a c was in like a drop g and i used a baritone but um like i forever was always trying to figure out that conate like that whore that that kind of like bang like yeah. right I was always like, what is that? Like, what is that chord that he is doing? No, it's just the open tuning. Mm -hmm. It's that's the tuning. That's wow. like, that's, that's it. Oh, yeah. That's the tuning. It's just playing all the six strings in, in, in open A and I've never looked back. I've nice. tried other tunings and I can't, a lot of my friends, like in other sludge bands, like tune down to like F. Mm -hmm. E. I just anything past lower than A to me kind of like starts to sound like too flubby. Yeah, for sure. Yeah, I get like that. you don't you don't get that like attack. Like again, it's like still like why I'm not a huge buzz person. Like mm. I like that like just punch in the gut attack right. when it comes to for tone. sure. Yeah, yeah, and fuzz gets. I mean, it is. Fuzz is in this nebulous, weird region where it's sort of a ring modulator. You know what I mean? Like, it's, yeah, it is. What it's doing is different than distortion, you know? And mm -hmm. so it has a different sound to it and a different feel to it. And it has its place for sure. Oh, yeah. But my fuzz doesn't come out unless I. Yeah. Unless I really am thinking, oh, this needs a fuzz. Like, otherwise. Yeah. I wouldn't use it as just my regular distortion sound very often because it it's buzzy and it doesn't have that <clears throat> sort of palm muted mm -hmm. chug 
yeah depth to it so. yeah it also doesn't they don't always come out in the mix right very well like in a that full band sense. i i do like i did on like when we recorded um recently i did use i i have like the um magic pedals uh cthulhu fuzz okay. mm-hmm. so i do use that um and i did use that on but it was in like this is a super sludgy part and it needs to be noisy and like things are gonna fall like sounding like they're almost falling apart right so i like wanted and that one's close and like it's almost like a good pairing to the balrog like the balrog is like super sludgy and low end it has tons of low end but it has still has that clarity and like tightness but like the cthulhu is just enough on that like that same sound spectrum that it just sounds like you just pushed like you just like turn the lag like on an amp like you just turn the lag up on like right. you know, like on it like if you're biasing an amp or like you're like mm-hmm. lag, you turn the lag up so it's like spongier so right. it, it's like it, it and but then it's kind of like is a little deeper sounding and stuff so mm-hmm. it, it has its place for sure it's not leaving my pedal board anytime soon right <laughs> gotcha oh sweet well um Brian Barr, uh, I think it's about time to wrap things up. Unfortunately, <laughs> Sorry I would take so much time. No, no, I mean, I, I wish that we could. <clears throat> I I both wish and am super glad at the same time that this is not a six hour podcast, but it could easily be a six hour podcast. I think so. Know? Yeah, I mean, we didn't um, even get to like most of the questions you had to yeah. like prepare for. <laughs> like, I have post its with like. Who's my biggest influences and who's like, <laughs> well, what records have I been listening to? Like, you know what? I have you know what? all this, that. This we can just keep maybe... talking and split this one and it can be a two part. <laughs> That's true. Well, I was just actually going to say that uh, we could uh, we could do a part two with Brian Barr sometime in the future. Yeah. We, we can do, do that now or later. I don't and, even care. Yeah, I mean, yeah, now or later. I do have to go to bed at some point. At some but... point, yeah. Yeah, yeah. Oh. Uh, uh, I have, to, but, uh, I have to be a parent. Yeah, I have to be a parent two. at some point too. So. At, at, at some it. point, gotta we gotta like you know, distinguish reality from well, reality a different reality. Dan, Dan, before we do go though, like when I was listening, so like when I I did want to mention this one thing, like okay. so like when you guys when I listened to the podcast with you guys reviewing and I listened to the Godspeed, yeah, you were the one that actually introduced me to godspeed you black emperor did i really yeah like actually i remember vividly i can't remember and maybe we might have been playing in goc at that point but yeah you 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 like we were like driving and i and i don't maybe i can't remember who else was with us Mm -hmm. but like we were driving to like your house or something and it was like Mm -hmm. like we were like out in the country you know like driving like some from somewhere muscatine maybe to nickel i don't remember but that part but you're like yeah like there's this band and you played slow riot and it was like immediately like this is like a a moment in time where like you know here's this whole new thing of music wow like you know in the it's it's hard for me to even think that like that i was the one that introduced brian Barr to godspeed that's, <laughs> you uh, it, that's interesting um did i say differently on the podcast or did i did i kind of allude to like something else 
Oh no, you guys were just talking about Godspeed. Oh, okay. Talking All about right. Slow Riot being like, you know, the the album, and I and I was thinking, I was like, man, Dan's the one that told me about about. It's crazy. It's, literally it's still, introduced me to that band. It's still one of the most gorgeous things I've ever heard today. Yeah, I mean, I, mean, I love it. Yeah, same. It's still, I've followed them through, like I have all their recent albums like i've followed and bought every one of them mm-hmm. um i haven't bought the new one yet i have the i have it for streaming on an apple Music on, on itunes but yeah i haven't i when i went to buy it like noah told me he's like hey new godspeed landed today and it was like by the time i went there went to buy it it was sold out mm. yeah um and i still yeah but um you know like i followed them through you know when they came back you know, mm-hmm. after their hiatus, and we even went and saw them and stuff. And nice. like, yeah, they—they're definitely one of those. They're like the one post-rock band that's actually to me like they're the staple, and they're also the only ones to me that are really, 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 really fucking good. Yeah, and they were also. <laughs> like, I kind of, I kind of feel they basically invented that whole instrumental. Yeah. Post rock sort of genre, like yeah, in a I, weird sort of way. Yeah, and I like mono and mm-hmm. and like explosions and like mm-hmm. all of the above, but like I feel like overall Godspeed is still held the yeah held the you know the as the kings of that of that yeah. whole thing. I would definitely yeah. agree with. In that, my opinion, sure. I would yeah. definitely agree with that. Um, so, yep, don't forget, you can follow the podcast on Instagram, Facebook, Dan underscore the underscore ruler. And Eric, I'm sorry, I always butcher it. Oh, uh, it's fine. No one really needs to look at it. No one cares. Okay, all right. (laughs) Oh, okay, actually, you know what? That's a good point. Uh, Just go to the Accelerative (laughs) Thrust Instagram and Facebook. There you go. That's a very, very good idea. But Brian Barr. (laughs) Yes. Where's the best place to find your stuff online right now these days? Um, you can go, obviously, I, I think just going to Thrill Jockey. Um, cool. It's a website. You can find us there as far as the sea stuff. Um, and, you know, Bandcamp, granularbreath.bandcamp.com. But, you know, Thrill Jockey is always an easy one to, to jump off of. That sounds good. Yeah, and there's also there's a lot of other great artists on Thrill Jockey too, man. Oh, yeah. yeah. Just a great roster all together. But definitely check out Brian Barr and Aseeth. And if you want to uh hear all of the old stuff too bad. Uh <laughs> no girls at commands you can actually find. Did you know that our demo is on uh Bandcamp? Yeah. The red one. Yep. But the yep. the day we killed the elitist, it's almost like I'm convinced it doesn't exist and that we never actually recorded it dude i have it on i have the master somewhere buried in a pile of cds i just don't have i i've been meaning to buy um so for like mac you have to have like you know like a you have to buy the separate disk drive uh-huh you know like i've been meaning to buy the disk drive so i could actually start like you know burning some of these cds and i have tons of photography that i used to do like bands and and everything that I used to like take photos of, um, I have tons of CDs of stuff to go back and revisit, 
and yeah. I know I have. I don't have the physical actual release, but I know I have to have that master somewhere sure. buried on a hard drive. It's sure. somewhere. If I find it, I would like to. <laughs> yes. Yeah. Wait. It, it will definitely have to be sent to the 319 Bandcamp dudes or just oh, yeah. a Girls of Comanche Bandcamp for some reason in 2021. So, yeah, if you have a Mac <laughs> disk drive laying around um, that you're not oh, using, yeah, get it go. to us um, so you can hear what this about, music. What about a Parish is Fools re-release? No. Ah, oh, come <laughs> on. No. Uh, it's what you were trying to do only in the nineties. Yeah. I, I am not, I'm not comfortable enough. Like it would, it, I'm not comfortable enough with, um, uh, my, the vocals I was trying to do that I could not do. Yeah. Back then. So that would, that would, okay. that would make or break it for me. What if, about a law of all ends release then? I'm really pushing. I'm really treading on thin ice here, aren't I, Brian? <laughs> Maybe there won't be a part two, y'all. Yeah. I, I still have. I, I still have like um, a few, like six or seven, seven inches. Oh, I, like, I lying have, in a closet. I have a a, a press. Uh, I think it's like a press copy or something. Uh, like not a uh, press copy, but a. Test, test, test copy. Yeah, test copy. Oh, yeah, yeah. It was we, released yeah. to the, the news channels. <laughs> like CNN, magazine. here's your copy. Yeah. We CNN. yeah, we did we did we did like I can't remember we I think we did fifty or a hundred test presses because we like weren't gonna it's funny that, that companies can do this. It's just like okay, yeah, you're the three hundred seven inches are not gonna be done in time for the date that you needed them by. Well, can I get like 50 test presses? Sure. Like, <laughs> can you just make, do the whole run then? Like, yeah, right. yeah. <laughs> it makes no yeah. sense. Okay. I guess I'll buy a bunch of test presses. So that, yeah, we had to screen print. So you had the screen printed version, I assume. Yeah. 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 The, um, well, actually no, it, well, I don't there know. was like 10 hand drawn ones. Well, it was just, it was just a piece of cardboard with law of all ends written in like pen. Okay, so you have was, one of the limited ones then. That was like there was only like ten or twenty of those made, oh, okay. and those are those Collector's are item. individually made. Like I think Zach and I sat and did the artwork for those, and we and each. And it looks like on them. eBay. Yeah. <laughs> I was gonna say, no, I'm just how much? How much <laughs> do you think those go for? He, <laughs> dude, Eric and I were literally thinking the same thing because my next question was, how much do you think I could get for it on eBay? <laughs> <laughs> I was making a joke though. Well, yeah, and I was being Damn. serious. But you know what? One, one thing I've thought about a couple times trying to sell on eBay is I have um, the original like Chevelle CD, like oh, the yeah. blue, the blue demo. Or it wasn't a CD; it was literally point number one before they recorded point point number. Yeah, one. before they like, recorded all that the song. Album. Like I have that. Do you have that CD? Like I, I have, I have that CD, and I'm always like, how much is this maybe worth? Yeah. Like, it's very possible that it might be worth a lot. Um, so anyway, folks, you all have a good night. <laughs> Thank you for um, uh, let me know uh, if any of you out there know how much that original Love All In 7 Inch is going for. Let me know. <laughs> Otherwise, yeah. uh, have a good night and thanks for listening yeah. to our thanks, podcast. Thanks, Brian, for being on. Oh, yeah, Thank no problem. Much. Thanks for thanks for thanks for having me. Yeah.